Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. Her and her husband were really ready to, to settle down and build their lives along with the Riley family legacy in that neighborhood. And um, her life was unfortunately cut very short. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Richland deputies have released more information now in connection with a cold case murder investigation that dates all the way back to 1972. They're hoping somebody somewhere has the answers they're looking for. Beatrice Riley was killed in 1972, and her family still has no clue who killed her. Five decades after she was murdered, family members are still hopeful that investigators and the release of new information can help solve her case. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. I'm joined by Peyton Lewis, a reporter at WLTX News 19 in Columbia, South Carolina. Peyton, thanks for being here with us. Thank you for having me, Will. It's nice to talk to you. Take us back to 1972 and what we know about what happened to Beatrice Riley. Absolutely. So Beatrice Riley was actually around my age. She was just 23 years old, had just gotten married to the love of her life and um, hadn't even celebrated her first wedding anniversary yet when she was found dead. And where was she found dead? And what, if anything, did investigators uncover at the time? So she was found dead along um, her home. It was a, a small trailer home on Harlem Street here, um, which is kind of a main area and um, sort of a historic black neighborhood in Columbia. And she um, lived there, but they found her body um, driven across the street and dumped in the woods along Atlas Road, which is a connecting street. Um, to Harlem uh, two weeks after she was announced missing. And in the years to follow, did this investigation go anywhere? I mean, my understanding is a lot of people uh, were brought in for questioning. Absolutely. The investigators over in Richland County talked to over 70 people trying to figure out what happened to her. Um, There was a lot of hearsay in the neighborhood at the time. So I just actually went into Harlem Street last week to try to talk to neighbors about what exactly had happened and what they had known from over the years. And um, the Rileys were a very prominent family, according to one neighbor that I talked to. Um, They owned a small club that's actually still there, um, right behind where Riley's trailer would have been 50 years ago. Um, The trailer that she lived in actually burned down about five to six years ago and the driveway is still there. So I was able to go and see that. And she said, yeah, it was a big fire about five or six years ago. It's not here anymore, but you can still see the driveway. And she said, 
that was, that's just something that's kind of, you know, been over us for years. She said that having to see that every day was a lot. Um, and she wasn't happy that it had burned down, but she said that it, she was wondering if it, it almost like cleansed the neighborhood. Um, and the neighbors told me they were a very nice, well-to-do family. Um, her father and her mother lived next door to them and they were just, you know, her and her husband were really ready to, to settle down and build their lives along with the Riley family legacy in that neighborhood. And, um, her life was unfortunately cut very short. And, um, the woman that I spoke with, she said she was just three years old at the time when Beatrice Riley was killed. And it has remained a mystery in that neighborhood that people still talk about to this day. I have to say a case that's 50 years old, it's pretty amazing you were able to find people in the neighborhood that still knew of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, this going back to me saying this was kind of a historic black area. There are people who, you know, lived there in the thirties and forties. And there was one woman, she didn't want to come out of her house. Her name was Miss Annabelle. Um, and she lived right across the street from Beatrice Riley and her husband. So, um, you know, she did speak to the fact that they were a very well-to-do family and that she just felt so sorry for her parents and everything that the family had had to go through for so long. Peyton, from what I understand, her husband had left the home before she was killed. I, I assume among the dozens of people who were interviewed, he was among those. Yes. So her husband was actually one of the first people that the investigators looked at. Obviously, in cases like this, that's who they'll go to as a spouse or a boyfriend or whoever that person is most closely connected to. And he he passed all the check marks. They were using, um, you know, alibis from coworkers. And they also said, you know, they had um, a polygraph test done and he he passed all of it. So um, after that, the husband was never looked at again. But the neighbors that I talked with did say they all believed it was her husband. So, I mean, after, you know, years with better technology and d DNA evidence that we have that we might not have had 50 years ago um, and access to different ways of researching these cases, we might be able to uncover something new now. So decades go by, 50 years, in fact, and then the Richland County Sheriff's Office, right, uh, brought this case back to the forefront. Why did that happen? So Beatrice's younger brother, Cedric Anderson, actually came to the police department um, last week and asked them, uh, can, can I speak about my sister and her passing? It's been too long. And I want to remind the public of her case and her death and why this still matters. And he spoke with all of us last week um, he was just 10 years old when his sister was killed. And you could really tell by the way that he spoke to all of us and um, his mannerisms that this is something that has always followed him that almost, I would say, scarred him for life. You know, he just seemed very, very kind, very mild mannered, but also like very adamant that this needed to be solved. We so often hear about family members who've kept a case alive and it's a, a really great example of, of that happening after so many years. So he goes to police and then they agreed that they would share a new piece of information. What was that? They released her cause of death for the first time in 50 years. She was actually, they said the coroner figured out, killed by blunt force trauma to the back of her head. Um, so they're assuming that someone came, was let into the house, someone she probably knew 
and there might have been an altercation or, or something that happened and that's that's how she was killed ultimately and um whoever killed her took her body to the woods of another street I, I wonder why that piece of information was withheld maybe just over the years and back in the very beginning that, that wasn't released and so it really took her brother coming forward to to get new information out there yeah i do think that's interesting because normally in these cases they do release that right away or it's it's quite obvious you know um sometimes when you know news reports come out about a case like this the initial reports about it are usually this person was found you know in their home and then they they, they normally attribute how they died but in this case i mean being 50 years ago i don't know if the reporters then or police then thought it would have been too violent to publish i'm not quite sure peyton i know the senior investigator on this case said there's really one way that this case can get solved. Can you tell us what was said? She just asked for public information. She said, even if it's a rumor, even if it's hearsay, they want to hear it. She says the public is so vital in solving these cold cases and helping out that they need them to come forward and they can be completely anonymous as long as they contact the Richland County Sheriff's office and say what they're calling about. They'll know and they'll get them to the right person. Community involvement is imperative. The community needs to come together to help us solve these. As Mr. Anderson said, I, I believe there's somebody out there that does know something. We would be more than happy to hear anything that they would have to share with us. You mentioned DNA earlier. Sometimes we hear about cases that are quite old where a piece of clothing has been kept or fabric. Has DNA been brought up at all in this investigation? There was a question raised about it at the press conference last week, but, you know, Dottie Cronice, the senior investigator, did say they need that information to come forward first in order to keep researching. They need people's tips and and rumors and information or whatever they have um, to really dig back into this case. You mentioned, and such an important element in this story is her brother coming forward, just 10 years old, and how this has hung over his head and been a factor and really throughout his entire life. Amazing to hear that happening, where someone is impacted at such a young age and, and then does something about it. Absolutely. And I think you could definitely tell when he came forward that this was such a shocking thing for his family that it seems they didn't know anywhere else to turn to but their faith. This man was quoting the Bible backwards and forwards and saying, you know, that God will bring justice to the situation and that, you know, that he believes God is righteous and that whoever killed his sister will will have their day. Peyton Lewis, WLTX News 19 in Columbia. Thanks for talking to us about this case. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. And be sure to check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, available every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.